brought to you by Rock Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with David, Dave, and Connor. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, Connor Ennis. I'm Tony Pervenanzi. Of course, we're doing another Zoom cast. I guess Zoomy July has bled into August. Is that right, boys? I think this is August now. Yeah, because the loons are killing it. I can't really tell anymore with the whole COVID thing. But we're still doing the uh, Zoom cast. And uh, yes, we had a, a big game. We're going to talk about that. Um, I want to mention at the top of the show that uh, we're trying a new thing right now. We're going to this podcast will be uh, probably an hour. So we're trying to keep it to an hour. Talk about the games, and then talk about one one thing. There's going to be no history from Connor. I'm not going to have a funny story. That's our new. De- that's hopefully our new deal moving forward. If we're going to do these Zoom casts, so so bear with us. We're trying something new here. Um. We're, of course, drinking Minnesota craft beers, and uh, let's let, well, we're going to wait. David's going to be last because he has kind of a newish one. Let's go with Dave first. Dave, what are you drinking? Sounds good. I uh, ended up going with uh, the Lounge Wizard from Bajas Brew Labs. So another place that we have not been as a podcast, Um, I've been there several times, and I'm really itching to go back. And so I think Honestly, I had a little hard. I went to the local liquor, liquor store, had a little hard time trying to find something I wanted to have for the podcast tonight, but I went with the Lounge Wizard. And I probably had this maybe three years ago at, at, the, at their tap room, but it's been a while. And I got to tell you, the first thing I noticed when I poured it into the glass was just the, um, just the smells, the aromas. And it's, I don't drink a lot of juicy pale ales, but the, uh, just the, the, I don't know, I guess you'd say like, it's juicy, so tropical fruit, um, citrus. It just hit me right away, and it just before so before I even tasted, I was impressed. And then I got to say, unlike the last couple of beers I've had, this one is not as spritzy. It's actually got a really smooth, kind of soft texture to it, and a dry finish. So it uh, it really hit the spot. It's a crusher, relatively speaking, at five point two percent. And I'll just mention it's one of their core beers, or they call them house house beers of course but because they're always on tap available and then fortunately i mean bajas is available all over the state at liquor stores even western wisconsin so yeah yeah uh, bajas is one of those places i think we need to get to at some point probably not this sure. year but next year along yeah. with 612 they're kind of the same region so want to get there uh connor what you got i have uh yet again a new ipa uh that i have never tried before it's called the Three Trees IPA, and it's from Brow Brothers Brewing Company in Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said before, this is the first time I've ever tried that one. It's a little bit darker than the usual IPA that I uh, that I drink, but like it's almost a little bit more amber. Uh, but it's very hoppy, right up my alley. Um, I, would men- I was mentioning to these guys at the, uh, before the show started that I couldn't find the alcoholic percentage on the bottle so i had to go on um beer advocate and find it and it's 7.6 holy um, shit so nice. it's uh Jeez. Luck- yeah luckily I-, I added a little base with some mac and cheese before this so um good good idea help out. good idea connor good yeah. idea yeah uh bra brother is it bra brothers right B-R- bro brothers B-R-A-U. bra brothers yeah yeah i've uh had beers and it is you're right they i don't think they put their alcoholic the percentages on any of their stuff any of them i don't think it's on any, i think it's on the box when you buy it like if you buy it like a 12 pack but on the bottles themselves i don't think they do it okay mm-hmm. huh so interesting their, their mood i think it's their mood juice 
I believe, is their darker yeah. one. That sounds that's right. a good one. Oh yeah, that one. Has that I've tried. Yeah, that's one. That's one of my favorites. Uh, when I first started getting into this uh, craft beer, for sure. Actually, one of the only dark beers I enjoy is their Mujus. So um, I'm going to go next because we're going to wait for David for last. Um, I have the uh, Fair State Mirror Universe, which is a hazy IPA. I don't. I think we've had it on this podcast before, but. I'm kind of running on options here, but it's a hazy IPA. It's fantastic. I think it's like five point. I don't even know the percentages of it. It's probably, whoops, it's 7%. Son of a beast. <laughs> Damn it. So yeah, well, at, least uh, we're, at least we're not recording in the middle of a day on a Sunday. Right, yeah, that's, that's, you know? right. that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a, it's a hazy IPA. It tastes fantastic. It's good. Uh, I mean, it's got a little citrus to it. I mean, it, it's, it's good stuff. So, uh, David's got a new one though from one of our one of our favorite breweries, I think. I mean, yeah, they're pretty one regular. Of our favorites. Yeah, because yeah, we have one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went out into left field on this one um, from Blue Wolf up in Brooklyn Park. It is called the Tropical Bay Breeze wow. Shandy, mm. and. This tastes like a tropical bay breeze shandy. Um, okay. It's a it's an infusion of pineapple, cranberry, coconut cream, and maraschino cherry. Wow! Wow! And it tastes like paradise in a glass. Their description says that it's that it makes up a tropical paradise, and yeah, it, it's it. It tastes like I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's really really good, and unfortunately, this is a uh, one of their limited um, releases, uh-huh. um, and I believe it's only available for this week. So Ooh. no oh, one's wow. gonna get it if they don't hear this podcast before tomorrow morning. Um, stop by there tomorrow. Jeez. Yeah, uh, and it, it's super cheap too. It only comes in crowlers, five bucks crowler. Mm. It's four point eight percent, so it's really light. Um, and the IBUs fourteen. I mean, oh, I don't wow. even know why they measure it. Yeah, that's like nothing. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's just really seen. good. And as you guys can see, it looks like a melted creamsicle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's I opaque. Mean, yeah, I mean, as we as we're looking at it, but I mean, it almost looks like if you had some ice cube, you know, crushed ice or ice cubes in it, it could actually be a tropical drink that you'd be right. drinking on at the pool or beach somewhere. Yeah. Um, I am probably. I was telling Dave, Dave, uh, that I might order some more for there tomorrow because it's it's pretty tasty. We've uh, I, recommend it. I think we brought this up on the show last time with one of Connor's beers that he had attempted to try that didn't go too well, and we won't yes. name this. Right? But we talked about adding way too many ingredients into yep. a beer, and you almost get a kind of whatever. But David, you're saying they've added a bunch in this one, and it's actually fantastic. They they got the balance right. Good. Um, and because I, when I first read it, I was like, "This this sounds like it could be super froofy mm-hmm. and over the top." And it, I, I texted Sarah, asked her what she thought, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I want some." So I bought three crowlers on you know just not having any idea what it tastes like. I, I um, wonder if this spins wonder. off their. Like, you know, because Blue Wolf, Wolf, we've talked about it before, they love to do those, in, I guess they call them fusions or infusions. 
of flavors into their kind oh, of right. like yeah, yeah. Yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their normal beers. I wonder if that's kind of, this is kind of a spin off that because they have so much experience with that flavor profile. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. Um, I'm looking on their website right now. Um, and I don't see any fusion, so that could be kind of a spinoff from it. Yeah. Well, there you go. So blue wolf, great beer from blue wolf. Love those guys up there. Um, so before we get into last week's matchup against San Jose guys, we, I think we're all watching the Portland Philadelphia semifinal match right now. There we are. It is on live. Portland's up one to nil. And, uh, if early, early but if this holds and the loons can win this sets up i think the matchup i i'd like to see the most uh in a finals yes. would be minnesota against portland and i think uh, i said it a podcast or two ago that that my bracket is completely destroyed but oh, yeah. that i did on mlssoccer.com <laughs> but i do have portland i had portland and minnesota in the final so we'll i picked the i picked the loons to win in that bracket on the mls thing okay so did i i picked the loons to win against uh, toronto and I think I had Toronto beating, I want to say, uh, I would have been S- would it be S- SKC, SKC or RSL? it might've been SKC. Oh. Yeah. Cause I think we, I had Minnesota beating LAFC in the semifinal, but that like most happen. people did. Yeah. I think, yeah. well, I wouldn't say Minnesota winning, but, uh, most people had LAFC cruising, especially after group yeah. stage. So that's right. So before we get to our semifinal matchup, we got to talk about the quarterfinal matchup which was against San Jose, which was, was it last Saturday? The first. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday. Um, We've talked about San Jose on this pod before guys. They have a, they're, they're, it's man marking is their whole deal. So they, their defense is a little different. The way they set up is a little different, lots of space. And somehow we figure out a way to break their man marking. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I went to this match thinking, well, we already know how to break it. So unless they bring out some sort of other kind of twist or something like that, I think we're good to go. Well, and Tony, um, to, to your point, and just so for those that may not be familiar, so it kind of, you know, MLS kind of started out quite rocky for Minnesota United. In fact, Minnesota United had lost their first four matches to San Jose. But now as yeah. we sit here recording, Minnesota has actually won the last four matches, all four being – uh, since the start of 2019, which would be Mateus Alm, that's when he, Mateus, Mateus Almeida, Almeida took over. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, have, I was uh, doing a little research the other day, and I found a stat between Minnesota and San Jose. 2018, San Jose won four games all year. Guess who two of them were against? Us, Minnesota. Yeah, both of we, them. We sucked. Yeah. yeah. That was then. This is now, though, Connor. Yep, sure is. Yeah, you know, and it was funny. Yeah, what's funny about this system is. We're the only team that has figured out how to beat their system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. It's it's like other teams, other good teams will struggle against San Jose, and yet for some reason, Adrian Heath has dialed in this this system and how to beat it, and it's it's uh, really pretty bizarre. And you know, coming right out of the gates, we yeah, were, it's we're yeah, it's so. And I'll let you get into it more, David, Is but it's just so striking. I'll set you up. It's so striking that, I mean, the last match, <clears throat> you know, in the round of 16 versus Columbus, I think they made a point, um, you know, if you're watching the whole game, but the announcers made a point of saying themselves that the center backs, you know, Boxall and Aha, didn't move from 
our Minnesota's goal. Maybe they were out 30 yards. It's almost like they didn't, they had a tether on them and they didn't move 30 yards from their own goal. But in this game, it was even in the first two minutes of the game, it was a obvious. You'd see Boxel all the way up, even on half yeah. times, but especially Boxel. Heard, heard a couple of references uh, comparing Boxel to Franz Beckenbauer. Yeah, I heard that there. too. Yeah, and, and we beat this into the ground, so we won't go into too much detail, but that's, that's, Tony, you referenced it. That's a space that uh, their defense can create. You know, you're going to find that uncovered man with so much space in front of them. And in, in many cases, it was the center backs going right up the field with just acres of space that they'd never see normally. Yeah. And, I, and it, you know, the first shot was actually uh, Boxel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. it was on goal, too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. on They could have in the way of it. But I don't know if. They actually counted that, it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I specifically I like have that. it as a shot, I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I specifically have that. So, yeah, it was blocked. And actually, on that play, the goalkeeper was injured. Um, yes, yeah, that's if right. you remember. And so yeah. that might have led to further goals. We don't know. That'd be pure speculation. But, yeah, I mean, really early on in this game, there was some impressive early pressure from Minnesota. And it just went right through most of the first half. And I think the only – I mean, I think in the first two minutes, I mean – Armaria had a good run off, good run up, and he almost got it to Finley, but uh, unfortunately, it was a. Uh, I mean, he he lost the ball there, and, and that, that could, was the one that it literally just kind of stuck in the ground, wasn't it? Yeah, it just seemed yeah. like it didn't. It's like he overran it, kind of, or something, and it just didn't go anywhere, and he lost possession. Um, you know, and I was a little worried after that because I was like, "Oh, great!" You know, uh, he hasn't been looking good um and i felt like that was another sign of this this game going in that same direction for him um and i think it kind of did to some point um but obviously we'll talk about something a little bit later on well it's well i mean the deal is this we came into this game with not having romaine and we had no kevin molino okay yep romaine was not even available Molina was available right. off the bench. So I think I, when I texted you guys and said, I think this is, this match is going to be trouble because we, our offense is pretty much what we're going to do. You know, Amria has not looked great since he came back from his little injury. We have no Molino. We have no Romaine coming up on the side. I mean, where was our offense going to come from? And it actually surprised me where our offense came from in this game, but didn't surprise David though. Because the first goal was scored by his favorite guy, Robin Lude. The flashy fin. See, you the know, now fin. we're going the opposite direction. You know, it was <laughs> I hated the guy. Now he's my favorite. It's well, it's not accurate. And I'm going off. <laughs> I think I'm going off of what I yeah. think we talked about this on social media. Is like all of a sudden people are like in love with the guy. Right, exactly. Everybody yeah. hated him for a while. And I think we talked about this on the show numerous times about new players. You have to give them time to get exactly. into the system and do what they need to do. You cannot go after them in the first half of the season, even a whole season. you got to give them some time. And I think Robin has finally found where he sits in his system, and he showed it in that first goal. Yeah, and he, he was right there. He is well positioned for that volley, you know, goal. And, you know, credit to – let's give it to our – credit to where credit's due. That was off the first set piece of the game, corner kick for Minnesota. And that was, of course, Gregish, who uh, – and got it – I think he got it to Aha, who then pushed so it back. It to, he, Aha yeah, and then it, 
It went to Dotson. Dotson crossed it in from about uh, 25 yards out. And then Aha with a picture-perfect header over the box uh, into open area, and Robin just knew what to do. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think Aha touched it twice because I think the corner came into Aha from yep. Gregish, and then it got out to Dotson, who got it back to Aha, who headed it, and then uh, Lude volleyed it in. So it was set, – yeah. Set pieces. I mean, come on, guys. We've been kicking ass on set pieces – we have I, this whole of, so. of the what is it uh boy i don't want to mess this up but i'll just say the majority of the goals uh that minnesota has scored they've been off of set pieces and I they lead they lead the tournament in that category by far i think I we, yeah don't we've think been we, called the best set piece team in the in the league so yeah far. i don't think we are any more majority of goals because um i think this past game flipped us back to run a play probably sure it's sure. it's pretty close yeah. to half, but yeah, um, yeah, that might have been coming into the game. Yes, but, uh, yeah, yeah coming into the game, we were we were uh, seven of fourteen or seven of thirteen, one of the two, yeah. And then yeah, and then I think if you go specific, and we won't, but if you go specifically into the MLS's back tournament, they they they've got a rather high percentage of their goals mm-hmm. offset pieces, which wasn't something that you could have said about Minnesota in the past. Absolutely not. No. Few no. years. So, and you know, I think what's interesting is um, we don't have. We don't have Ike Opara right now, and he was the one that we thought would be the difference maker on set pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, here <clears throat> excuse me. Well, here he we was against – yeah. And we're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he was against San Jose uh, earlier on in the year. Uh, he scored yes. up, I yep. believe, two set pieces against San Jose. That's right. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah, we've shown he's been so, able to capitalize uh, we, without uh, him. We get that first goal from Robin Lude, and we're sitting pretty – I mean, sitting good at that point. And then right away, uh, Ja'Cory Hayes comes up, yep. scores a goal. And Ja'Cory was starting, I believe, was he starting for – he was starting for – was he starting for Romain? No, he was, was a he, uh, he was no, a midfielder. Was he, was he a midfielder? Okay. He was right with Greg Usanazi. So um, we had done – was Dotson starting for Romain then? Did we switch? Yeah, well, yes. At, yes. Yep. At the right back, yes. Because okay. Molino, again, remember, you said it. Molino was supposedly available, but Molino, again, yeah. didn't start. So yeah. they did right. things a little differently because, of course, this was DeCorey Hayes' first start. Yeah, yep. that's know. right. So, and he showed – boy, he did he deliver. He showed it off. There you yeah. go. You um, know, and it, we need to actually point out uh, Hassani Dotson played a huge role in this goal. Yep. He was uh, incredible. Yeah. His cut in into the box um, drew two defenders. He took a perfect shot on goal. Yep. Of course, it was a rebound, and Hayes was right there to uh, put it in. Um, don't want to take anything away from Hayes because he was there to do it. Uh, but, you know, Dotson was all over this pitch. Yeah, uh, it was. All game. It was, it was like, I don't even, you know, Romain who, quite honestly, half the game. Um, wow. It was yeah. pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. Dotson has shown previously, even last year during his rookie season, he's shown that he can do these types of things, and he's kind of a utility guy. Um, yeah, he's a he's a very versatile player, and uh, I don't know if uh, if you go back to last year, seeing all the different positions he's played throughout yeah. midfield, defender, defensive midfield, coming on as a sub. Uh, yeah. If you watch him on the right compared to the left, uh, he usually performs fairly well compared to the left. I mean, he's had a he's he's, he's pretty good on the left too uh but um he i mean i remember against cincinnati last year he scored a banger from the right after yep. uh after coming up by like 50 yards 
Yeah, I was going to say that's maybe, I mean, I know Dotson, you know, maybe hasn't been incredibly sharp for the majority of this tournament, but he certainly did against San Jose. That's no doubt. But that's maybe the only thing we haven't seen Dotson do that we know he's capable of from last year is those long range kind of bangers, like you said, Kyle. Yeah, every time I see him approaching the box there uh, in that kind of 25, 30-yard range, I always go, bangers only, guys. Yep. Shoot it. Uh, So we're up 2-0, guys, and that's the way it goes into halftime. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, texting at halftime between us us four here, saying that, I mean, if they come out at halftime, they got to come out at halftime and put another goal in in it. And I said – I hate two nothing, uh, being leading at two nothing at halftime because it just it it it's so ripe for a team to come back, score a quick goal, momentum back in their favor, and just come on a rampage and get you. I'd well, it's a very sad. such a scoreline, isn't it? You know, because yeah. it it opens up the game because you have a team that I'm not saying they were, but you have a team like Minnesota that maybe was thinking, okay, we can sit back and play a little defensively now, and then you have a death, especially in a tournament you have a desperate San Jose that's going to open up the game. And now you all of a sudden you have what, you know, you go from a conservative game maybe to a wide open game and you just get the up and down the pitch. And Hey, that's, that's when you see opportunities for, you know, opposing teams to score. And it happened. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Roundabout way, but uh, it happened. I mean, they came back uh, from a penalty kick. uh, What is it? A penalty kick. It was from a handball. 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 That's right. Jacory. The and there ball. was no, there was no arguing that handball. It was no. pretty yeah. clear after the first. Again, replay. the guy's running. I, I get that it looks that way, but the guy's kind of running, and he put his hand out. I get it. It's in the box. Well, technically, his hand was already out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you it know, I thought it was kind of interesting that people were so adamant about it being obvious because I was like, his hand's already there, and and Taylor actually mentioned it but not in the way I'm going to. He said, Twelman said that um, his the ball didn't meet his hand, but I completely disagree. His hand was out. The ball yep. went to his hand. His hand didn't go to the ball. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm it's, not going to argue it. Um, it's unfortunate, but I mean, I, I mean, it is unfortunate how these things happen, but I mean, if you, as you describe it very well there, David, but I'm just saying you still, like in the box, I mean, you become a defender at that yeah. point and you can't, defend like that with your arms away from your body and yeah, i know I mean, it's going to be called every it's going to be called almost every time and, yep. and so that's i that's why i have no issue with it it's just it's, I, I disagree in the sense that technically if you really want to get nitpicky about it um his hand was already out the ball hit his hand not his hand moving to it or anything like that he wasn't trying to block the ball with his yeah. hand it wasn't it was a reactionary a, measure yeah unlucky Unlucky break, guys. Yep. Unlucky break. That's the way it works in soccer. It happens. So they score the penalty kick on that. Um, and now all of a sudden, like I talked about, guys, we're in that that mode where they scored an early goal in the second half. Momentum is shifting to their side. How are we going to handle what's coming from them next? Because now they're 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 rearing to go. They want to score another goal. They want to tie it up. They want to, you know, they want to get ahead of us so bad. Uh, but we actually weathered the storm. Which well, it only took six minutes. A, it was a storm, yeah. too, because yeah. for it about was. 18 minutes, they held possession like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. bad. Um, and, you know, 
the the nice thing is about those situations um when you have when you have that much possession you leave yourself open to getting beat beaten on the counter oh yeah and um that's exactly what happened in what was it the 56th right yep yeah and yeah. I, and, and as before just before we get into that just to just to kind of pounder point into the ground a little bit but uh you know it was you know how good you feel at two nothing halftime minnesota great they get that one goal and at that point i mean i they i, th- I don't know if they made it a point in the broadcast i think so and that's why i have it in my notes but san jose 11 going into their game here against minnesota 11 of their goals scored nine were in the second half yes that's right yeah i couldn't believe it and so they they score that goal there right early in the second half and you're thinking here we go yep yep Um, but but our friend uh luis and maria actually scored a goal yep and it was a good goal and it was a good goal which it talked about this uh, and going back and forth during the game he didn't look right he had he had given up possession a bunch of times um he was trying to do cutesy type of dump off passing and things of that nature. We should have just taken shots. And I think hopefully this goal he had here got his head back on straight. And now we'll, we'll see. Focused. Yeah, there, there was a lot of criticism, um, both, uh, you know, by the soccer pundits and, and fans alike on, you know, on Twitter, especially because uh, I think, you know, they made a point of saying, well, of his first, I know, I think there was a point of saying like out of, he had of his first six touches, it was great that he was involved early on. Cause we've seen games where he can kind of just be, you know, nowhere, but he had yep. six early touches, but all six of them resulted in giveaways. So it was yep. a rough first half, I guess you could say. Yeah. It was not the best first half for him, but scores a goal. How do you yeah. do Who wants to describe yeah. that? Well, I do because it started with Robin Ludd. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. And it, you know, so Robin uh, gets the takeaway, and then he gives it away, um, and then he recovers and gets it back. And play. I don't. It kind of almost looked accidental, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Played a good pass up to uh, Amaria, and it, like I said, it did look almost accidental because it kind of ricocheted and found its way, you know, in front of it, Luis. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that was that's something that, again, I, I'm going to go back to the discussions we've had on Lud about how he's not flashy. He just does what he's asked to do. And that's that's exactly it. You know, he he got the ball. He made a bad pass. Um, I mean, there is at least a teammate was there, but he just didn't connect it. And he still worked his ass off to get the recovery and get free and clear and get the ball up to Mer- to Amaria. I mean, he corrected his mistake. He corrected yeah, his mistake. A lot yep. of players would have <clears throat> lost it at that point, mm-hmm. and he stuck with it and and pulled it off. And you know, I think that was huge. Um, like you know, I, clearly, this goal wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Lud following through and recovering from his mistake. And then, and then, yeah, Amaria with just some good one-on-one play leading yeah, up to that goal. Yeah, I mean, the, the footwork was great, and then he scored off his left foot put in a perfect spot and it, you know he did not look like a player that had an abductor injury he no. was running no he really didn't and no. you know that's exactly what we hope to see and uh so yeah hopefully that gets him off the snide a little bit uh it's, we'll see what happens i i don't know 
We'll see what happens in can the I game make, coming up. But can I make um, a bold prediction? What's that? And Maria gets a hat trick against Orlando. Oh, that's pretty bold. And you know why not? You know what's what's yeah. the best confidence boost for a striker? You know, scoring goals. So that's yeah, not that true. far-fetched. I love the no. prediction. Yeah. You know, it's s- funny. It's funny. I do have because Connor, you mentioned that. I have to say this because two minutes later, I mean, you know, we the, the they made it three-one in the fifty-six minute. But two minutes later, uh, Armaria almost had a chance for another one. In this case, Lou that's didn't right. do quite so well. It was right. kind of a similar situation, but mm-hmm. Lude put the ball a little far out too wide. Armaria yep. was able to gather it. Yeah. If it was placed better by Lude, it might have been another goal right there. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, Connor. If well, actually, David, you have that. You have an Amaria jersey, don't I you? I do. Yeah. I was gonna say if Amaria scores three goals, I'll buy a jersey for myself. But you already have one, so I'm not buying the same jersey as you. I will say that if Robin Lude scores three goals in a game, I'll buy his jersey. All right. How about that? All right. Fair enough. What okay. if he gets cool. all three assists to Amaria's hat trick? I'd still do it. I'd still do it. I'd still do it. He's finished. He, I'm I'm finished. I, well, I'll buy it. And that would be a that would be a difficult uh task. I mean to get be, yeah, be crazy to get a difficult. Triple assist in a game. Triple that's, assists. And that's that that's actually uh there's a saying, there's a phrase, I think, for that too in soccer. I can't think what what it is. Um, yeah, I would I, I for think a triple assist. Yeah, isn't there? Isn't there some weird saying, phrase for that? Um, I could be wrong. Something. Uh, wait, wait, isn't it a gentleman's hat trick? Could be, could be. I feel I'm gonna Google that. That's actually that's um, what I'm doing. Speaking of hat tricks, what is it called in hockey? There's a name for it. If score a goal. Get an assist and get in a fight. That's a Gordy Howe hat trick. Gordy Howe hat trick. There you go, Connor. Yeah. There you go. Gordy Howe hat trick. Yeah. Which doesn't happen in hockey um, anymore, but it used to. So yeah. you guys are looking up triple assists in soccer. I'm, I've yeah. Given up. Yeah. I've given up. Yeah. Let's move on. Jeez. Let's move on. So, Hold yeah, on. I mean, so we made it th- 3 1. 3 1, which back. makes me, which made me happy again. I was like, okay, now. Well, what do you mean? Now we're back to your two-goal lead that you're so afraid. But of. we've come back from the whole like they scored a goal, and now we've kind of switched momentum back to our side. So it's three to one. It's different, you know. It's two-goal lead when we score it. It's different. Uh, <laughs> we go all the way into the 86th minute, and another one of our new players, uh, Marlon Hairston, scores a goal uh, off of a uh, cross from Hassani Dotson. Yeah, Hassani Dotson getting. Getting forward once again on the right yeah. side, uh, being very Romain-like. And, mm-hmm. um, boy, if it's uh, – he – I mean, he might have been I – th- I think he, think he might have been my man of the match. I can't remember oh, who I actually uh, chose, but – I think we all – We yeah, all across Dotson. the board. Because he, cause you, he, was he-, he was heavily involved in three of the four goals. I mean, in, yep. you know, the first two and then here the fourth and final. And what did yeah. I say when I said my fr- – I said – Stepped into a big spot for Romain, did what he had to do, and then some. It's got to be the man of the match. I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of wondering how, you know, we've, we've already, we've hinted at it, but we've given, you know, Heath some credit for his game plan. And he's done that, you know, a lot for the last two years now against San Jose. But I, I, I wonder what, what um, Dotson would have looked like, say, versus Columbus or a different team where you're, you're playing a totally different, you know, style and game plan. Uh, you know, I think. I think he would have done the same thing. You know, he's, I don't know that it was the system necessarily. He did everything that 
that uh, Romain would have done in any other game. Um, I, you know, the the vast majority of the breakdowns of their system ended up in the middle of the field. It wasn't so much on that right side or left side. Yes. Um, I, I do feel like maybe um, Heath missed his opportunity there with uh, playing Dotson, uh, with not playing Dotson, I should say, uh, against Columbus. Um, but I, I can understand why he did what he did, uh, not to go back to that. But so, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I, I believe he would have played the same way. I think he would have had a similar impact as well. Yeah. yeah. So come out of this game, guys, and we win four to one. And we're on to the semifinals. And I think you everybody heard us say that uh, Dotson was our man of the match for what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we move on. And Jiminy Christmas, we're, I mean, I, I didn't think we'd get this far in this tournament, but here we are uh, going up against. Orlando. It's the Adrian Heath Derby. The Adrian Heath Derby. He's former team. Man, this this match, if if there's one match I think the MLS was kind of looking at when the tournament came out, I think this is a match that kind of said, well, this would be a nice match to have. It has a little history to it. We've got two teams that are kind of, you know, newish teams. So it'd be nice to have both of them in it. And guess what? They got it. And it's interesting. I think going into the tournament, MLS back tournament, Orlando, even though they have, you know, a, a pseudo home field advantage, of course, they're not playing at their home stadium, but they're, they're playing in Orlando, of course. And uh, they were one of the longest shots to reach the final. Cinderella. You know, Cinderella. Yeah, they, they certainly were. And, but the funny thing is Minnesota can keep kind of keep up their, uh, you know, nobody believes in us mentality because te- <laughs> technically, um, Vegas still has, to this point, Minnesota has a, as an underdog going into this mm-hmm. game, and uh, I, right. I don't know if you if you look at other sources like uh, is it at, uh, is it five thirty eight, you know, has Minnesota favored in this matchup? But uh, well, five thirty eight, five thirty eight has us as us as the second favorite to win the whole cup right now. Okay, right. maybe that, that that's pro- probably what I saw. But if you if you were going to place money on this game in Vegas or most outlets. You know, you would be betting as Minnesota being an underdog. So, and so. if one thing that I do have to point out is we are actually playing on Orlando's old home ground. That's right. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. right. from the USL uh, days. Yeah, they played in this in this uh, complex, and I believe it was just 2014. Yep. Um, but it was when Adrian Heath and Kevin Molina were there. So mm-hmm. it's not like. I mean, this is a really crazy narrative. I mean, it's playing their old team. It's playing their old team on the same grounds that they played. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I, I think it's a pretty unique, unique little uh, narrative to have. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's going to be very interesting tomorrow night um, seeing them play Orlando. Um, I I don't, guys. I'm cautiously optimistic here, and the reason why I say that is because. Orlando has beaten the odds through this whole tournament. They've kind of, you know, just kind of gotten along, gotten along, gotten along. And being an NCAA basketball fan, I know how these Cinderella's work. They, they come out and sometimes you kind of underestimate them a little bit. Do you think that we're underestimating Orlando at all? It's possible. I mean, they, they've improved a little bit. Um, they've looked pretty solid throughout the tournament as well. 
Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that I changed my. I don't know that I changed my opinion um, about them as far as, you know, should they be where they are? I think I, I view them kind of similarly to how I viewed Columbus. Um, I don't believe Columbus deserved to be where they were and they were that dark horse. And all dark horses fall. Um, so I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that we can go into this game and win because I don't think they belong there. But I also don't think we need – we're not in a position that we should be – uh, underestimated them by any yeah, yeah I, I i agree with that and i mean like it, you know if you go back to the you know if you go back to the orlando lafc quarterfinal if they <laughs> played that ma- if they played that matchup 10 times you know does orlando win a majority of those matches you know who knows <laughs> I, I would say no and if you ask me who even at this point who would you rather play lafc or orlando i'd choose orlando but well, you right, don't get yeah. to you don't get to the semifinal without being you know a, deserving of it and they exactly well and that's, that's exactly right you you don't get there without having to at least yep. be there so yeah dave, exactly. dave connor's dog hates your your statements apparently yeah apparently. every time but, you talk, connor's dog every time barking. you speak henry wants to bark over it a yeah bit. and get in but if you if you think for one second that i'm annoyed by that barking i'm not because it's what we're used to hearing when we're yeah. you know doing this in a brewery so i actually kind of enjoy that here that's very so, true henry connor said uh, everything though Connor, do you th- do you do you think we're having a problem with this Orlando team because we're kind of? I think I'm I'm where uh, the other two are. I I I think we have a pretty good shot at winning this game because um, I don't think Adrian Heath is going to want to look at this as Minnesota are the favorites um, because they've been riding that underdog motivation this entire tournament. Yes, and yes. they. And, and especially when it comes to Orlando, Heath is going to really want to win this game after what happened when Orlando came into the MLS. Yeah. Um, throughout Min- when Minnesota has been in the MLS, Orlando ah. still hasn't beaten us. He hates what I say too, apparently. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <yeah. clears throat> um, but, uh, but yeah, Orlando still hasn't beaten us. So uh, knock on wood there, but um, uh, it's, I, I think, I think we have a pretty good shot because Adrian Heath is just going to uh, – he's he seemed to have the answer to an attack, the attacking uh, force of every other team. So it, yeah. it could be that we he has done the same for Orlando. Um, I think that uh, if this Portland game holds up, uh, like I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, if Portland comes out and wins this game, Minnesota wins, it sets up. I think the matchup that every United fan would love to see in this tournament yeah. going to I mean, playing Portland and beating Portland. Um, so hopefully things work out. I am, like I said, cautiously optimistic that we can make it to the final. This guys, I mean, we, uh, three of us in this podcast were there last year when this team had a chance to win a cup and didn't get it. Um, I wish I, I was think, there. Yeah, it was fantastic except for the loss. But right. um, I think if we can actually get to this final, I think that's a huge amount of pressure on us to get our first cup, even if it is this weird cup that came up this year because of COVID-19 and there's always a – it's still a cup, guys. I mean, it is. It's still a cup. And, it, and it's a Champions League spot. It is a exactly Champions League right. spot, which um, I'm super yeah. excited about that. And it, oh, yeah, that would yeah. be that would be huge for soccer in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really would be. Hundred percent. Well, and, and it's, teams like uh, Tigres or Chivas or um, uh, what's the what's the big one oh, down Monterey down oh, there, Club America, making their way up there. Club America. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, 
It's why we are so excited to have the opportunity to go down to Atlanta last year to, to watch that final is because it was the, the same kind of stakes were on the line. The same stakes were on the line. Yeah. I mean, this is this yeah. year's version of that essentially. It right. is, but I get, but you'll always get those people saying it's not because of the way so we've had to do it. So. The only people that are going to say that are going to be LAFC fans yep. Atlanta and Atlanta fans. fans. Yep. Yeah. The Atlanta fans. It's too bad for them. Boo-hoo, Atlanta. Boo-hoo. That's the one thing I, I saw a meme the other day that no matter who wins championships, there's always going to be an asterisk on this year. And I'm just sure. like, yeah. come on, man. And, and we're and, not, and that, everybody's on this year, though. Yeah, that's a, you got to say that about any sport, any major sport this year. But you know what? It, it shouldn't, you know, what it, you can look at as an asterisk, but still, you got you to gotta be there. You got to perform and you've got you to be a professional about it. And, yeah, and, and it, it applies to everyone too. No matter who wins the tro- no matter who wins the trophy, all the other ha- all the other teams from their rivals are going to say, "Hey, you won it during the COVID year, big deal." Yeah. Like lol, you know. And it'll be the same way with every other sport that's going on right now. I mean, and I and personally, and yeah, you talk about every other sport like Major League Baseball that's restarted here in the last couple week and a half or so. But I look at this tournament and maybe even place more emphasis than I should on it because. You know, we do not know how the restart is going to go, you know, in no, a few right. weeks. No, there yeah. could be no restart. We don't know. We have no idea. Right. Hopefully yeah. it goes well. But this could be it, fellows. I mean, that's why, you know, as far as t- soccer in 2020 for MLS, this could be it. Now, that would be worst case scenario. But I'm just saying, wow, let's let's play in the moment. Let's play these games. Like, they matter a lot because yeah. they do. So, Michael Boxel today gave us this quote. I don't think there's any way we can be underdogs with how we feel about how we're playing. So that's either very confident or very dangerous. He's not drinking the Heath. He's not drinking the Heath Kool-Aid anymore. He is not drinking the Heath Kool-Aid. Remember what happened last time somebody didn't drink the Heath Kool-Aid. His name was Francisco Calvo. Remember that. And segue, we have his replacement. We do. Uh, Let's, Let's talk about this guy because speaking of the uh, league starting back up in August, uh, we will have a new center back. His name is, I'm going to screw his name up. Is, is it Bakay? Bakay Debasi. Bakay Debasi. Yeah. Uh, he plays for Amiens SC. Um, he's a transfer. Well not, anymore. well, not anymore, but he did yeah. play for them. He's a transfer. We talked about this guy on the podcast before. He was kind of an afterthought from Reynoso. Um, which we're not going to talk about Renault still because things aren't, I mean, things are still happening. So whatever with him, this guy, we actually got, um, he looks from the videos I've seen. He looks, he looks great. I mean, he looks like, uh, he can play great center back. He looks like Icopara kind of that kind of stuff going on. Um, yeah, well, you know, Minnesota's had good luck going over to the French leagues. Like that's where they got Roman Metzenier. Yep, that's exactly where they right. got. Uh, I mean, he only lasted half a season, but Wilfried uh, Mwembe Tarat um, oh, yeah. from last year, and that's he right. had a pretty good few games for us. So, I have, anything that comes out of France for us, I feel like we is going to perform well uh, in our yep. system. Well, you know, and I, I think uh, the French leagues are a little overlooked. I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, they oh, and the problem being is the fact that there's two good teams and no one else cares about anybody. Well, yeah. but. But think about the other leagues around there, David. I mean, you got you got Spain, 
you got Germany, you got England, right? I mean, Italy, we can't really talk about Italy sucks, but so you got a bunch of different regions who have great, you know, teams going on. And so you're right. France gets overlooked a lot. They do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the thing is, is if, if you consider the fact that they are a major European league, I mean, they're one of the for sure they're, top four European leagues. You think they're I, top I four? Think, yeah, I think. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I would have said England, Spain, Germany, Italy, but oh, I would, Italy, I Italy would, is, yeah, Italy is not. I, I would say it's England. I actually think it's England, Germany, France, Spain. I think okay. it's yeah. trash. Unfortunately, Connor is um, an Italian who used to watch a lot of Italian league soccer. Man, ever since they really had problems gone with well, ever since the problems with the money and the whole bullshit that happened years ago, it's been that <laughs> bucket. You know? See, I think I think the thing that I like about um, about French football is it's there's a lot of disparity at the top, um, mm-hmm. similar to uh, Spain and similar to Germany, but it's it's uh they're they're more in that technical range. And I think the teams below the top two, top three are incredibly competitive. Yeah. Um, and it, I've never been bored. I, I will admit I've seen less than three dozen League One games. But um, in the probably 30 to 35 games that I've watched, um, I've never been bored by watching them. I, I think yeah. that's one of the things. You know, I get bored watching England every now and then. Um, definitely. Definitely Spain and um, Italy, but I, I've never really been bored watching French games. I think they're they're pretty good, and I think there are a lot of good players that get overlooked in France. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, hey, if that's if that's where we can find our players, uh, let's let's do it. Um, let's yeah. let's talk a little about where he slots in because we I, on this podcast, I think we have a different opinion of what's happening here. I saw on Twitter today, and I think, David, you commented on some Twitter people yesterday or today. There was a poll. Yeah. Somebody put a poll up saying, where do you think he slots? And yeah, everybody everybody was, was saying. There was a lot of depth, depth, depth. Well, like, depth, 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 depth. But you, you don't. Or, or where he was going to slot in for, uh, uh, what's his name, Chase Gasper. Yeah, the, it was the three choices were start left back, depth left back, depth, yeah. depth. Center left center back, yeah. And right. so you're not going to take out Chase because he's an up and coming young player who's shown that he's he's been fantastic. Been he's been fantastic. Great. I mean, what he's him. doing hasn't fouled anybody in this tournament really. He's been close. Yeah, hasn't fouled anybody. Happy for him. Well, he hasn't gotten any yellow cards. I was going to say yeah. he's fouled. Connor, he's fouled if he, plenty. If he does not get a if he does not get a yellow card in this tournament, I will send him a fruit basket. Oh, Seriously, cool. I'll send him a fruit basket. I will go in on that with you. Coming as, comes, I'm serious. I will send him a fruit basket. I'll be like, hey, yeah. thank you, Chase. But deal is this, that in those polls that I saw, there was nothing talking about, you know, slotting in at center back. And we've talked about this on this podcast before. Ike Parra, I don't think it's coming back this year. I mean, no. he's, mm. he's not. And, and And people need to realize that. I mean, the fact that it's been so kind of – He's out of this tournament, but there's what's the reason? We don't have a reason why he's out of this tournament. I um, they've been insanely tight lipped about it. Yeah, I, I think that why he's out of this tournament will determine whether or not he's back. Yes. Yeah, because it, it's rampant speculation. So we can say, you know, it could be, and Tony, you you've said this before, maybe it's because of his concussions. Maybe it's COVID related. 
Um, we don't know. I mean, I, you know, players had the option to opt out for a variety of reasons. I believe health concerns was one of them and who knows, and we, I'm, I'm not going to speculate, but, uh, so point being, and I think who made this point, but you know, point being, and when you come back out of this bubble, probably arguably the safest way to play soccer here for MLS, you come out of the bubble. It's not going to get any better. No, potentially. No. And if, I mean, no, if, I no. shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I mean, it could. I mean, the, well, the cases be, here could drop. But yeah. you know what I'm saying. Let's say, let's say we the restart was tomorrow. You'd rather be. You'd rather see MLS in a bubble than right. in their home state. I mean, you're going to see what you see with baseball. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, yeah. be, I mean, well, maybe not to that level. But What's, yeah. The the reality is, is we're they were saying the 22nd of August, right? Yes. Uh, initially, so you're talking three weeks, three and a half weeks away from. Oh, it's only three weeks away. Uh, no. Three weeks away, the likelihood that cases are going to drop significantly in three weeks no. is, is not not happening. We so, could be on a trend down, but it, maybe, they're not going to yes, be yeah, at that maybe. level where you. Yeah, want to it depends so, on where you, depends on where you live too. Yeah, yeah where you're at. So, Traveling from airport to airport every week, maybe twice a week, mm-hmm. depending on how they do this scheduling, whatever they're going to do, you're you are way better off in a bubble. So if yeah. he opted out because of COVID, there is no way in hell he's going to opt in come restart. I mean, that wouldn't yeah. make any sense. But my question is, why wouldn't he say that? Other players have said that. Other well, players in the leagues even, have said he that. Far, he went as far as denying it. Exactly so, right. Exactly I mean, right. It doesn't make I wouldn't a lot of sense when he – if he's out during COVID, then this is way too long for him to be out. So I, uh, so I don't think it makes sense for him to be out for COVID reasons. Uh, I do think that it could uh, – and I know that we've talked about this before uh, – it could be something to do with his uh, history of concussions um, in the league. And it's uh, – it, um, that, that is a very scary thought because um, – if it were any other year, this is the year after Michael Parr just won the Defender of the Year award, right. and um, usually the year after that, I mean, he usually he won't win it, but he'll still be a great defender. And his when yeah. you win the Defender of the Year on the MLS, you, you can show that you can still play in your prime. So I'm hopeful that this isn't the end right. of Michael Parra. I don't think um, it will be. Yeah, uh, um, but I, I just find it really weird, you know. As some reporter brought it up when it first was announced that he had a nagging injury, somebody said, what injury? Mm-hmm. Because oh. no one could figure out what injury would be nagging. Like There's only one thing. Wasn't, yeah, there just wasn't anything that he's well, really had in his history but that has bothered him over and over and over. And he started in both the first two matches in March, right? not? Yeah. yeah. So it's another yeah. thing that adds to the confusion now. And that's why I, again, speculation, but you know, it could be, it could certainly well be that Tony, you brought it up many times and Connor, like you just did, but yeah, you just don't know. And so right. I guess we don't need to speculate. The bottom line is, you know, we should give credit to aha, you know, aha, because he, he stepped up well Yeah, and he has played well, stepped up very well the whole tournament long. Uh, obviously Brent Coleman is available now. You know, so you, the depth is a little better, but still, it's not great. And so, you, I think people are looking at it from a depth point of view because, yes, we, you, you, you can't rely on the same four 
in your backfield for an MLS season, whether it's a shortened season like this year will be or a normal season. So you're always going to need those pieces. And so you would like to see somebody that you pay TAM money and sign from league one to get, you know, into your starting lineup. That's what I would hope for. He slots into, he slots into Ike's spot. I mean, for now, well, no, I think it'll be, it'll be Boxel that goes to Ike's spot and then he'll slot. Yeah. He'll slot in a box spot, but I mean, that's what's going to happen. And, yeah. and they make this move and they did it because they are afraid of Ike not coming back this year. Yeah. You know, and it, that's, that's a big thing that no one's talking about yeah. uh, there. You don't go out and sign a TAM international. No. If you don't find a reason to do it. And we've yeah. talked about this with Gasper, you know, yes, he can foul a little bit. He is in his second year and he is above average already, and his trajectory is going up. So you can't – you're not going to take minutes away from that guy. He hasn't done anything wrong. Um, You know, he's he's definitely deserving of his starting spot. So you don't go out and buy a TAM international for depth. You're doing it because you think you need him – Exactly right. Position. And that position would then have to be center back. I mean, it's the reality. Yeah. I'd love to go back to, you know, preseason, you know, 2020 and say, you know, what are our biggest, what is Minnesota's biggest needs? And I mean, people would rattle off probably four or five different positions. And certainly backfield depth would be one of those. But, you know, everybody was looking for, you know, whether you're talking pre-Renoso or pre-Renoso trade rumors or not, but everybody was looking at that center attacking midfield spot, the 10. Right you know, Armaria came in but, kind of late and, and settled in the nine spot, but there was other areas of need. Well, now if that's the case that we have to assume that Eichel Parr is unavailable, then yes, that might be your number one need. But I look at it this way. I look at the history of, of, of Debasi. It was, we had his rights. Am I correct in that? We had his, we had his rights. Correct. Right. And I think that was it uh, DC United Correct. Yep. Potentially yes. was going to get him, yes. and then all of a sudden things fell apart. And I, I don't know when things fell apart, but I have a feeling it was right around the time that Ike decided he wasn't going to play anymore. Then this tournament. Yeah, I, I do so not know. Yeah. If that's the case, then I really think that the team is worried about Ike. Well, because you don't go out and do this if Ike's going to keep playing for you. And and throw another wrinkle into it. Um, Adrian admitted that they've been looking at Debassi since before the season started. There you so go. You've got you've got us looking at this guy, you know, since before any of this. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, you leave 2019 and you can't see a glaring issue with our defense to want to do this type of move. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you need depth, you sign an aha, right? If right. you need depth, you sign someone else who can fit behind cheaper Chase or Romain. cheaper. Yeah, I cheaper. just don't. There is something, and again, this is me being a conspiracy guy. This there's just something that's been going on in the background. Oh yeah, that has that has prompted us to look at a player like Debassi, mm-hmm. and it's been going on for quite a while. And we don't we don't know if. Um, Ike's had some other injury that's not a concussion that's been nagging him and that talks with them about, Hey, something's bothering me. And 
you can't see it, but it, it is what it is. Well, you um, know, and maybe that is the case. Even though he played constantly last season, maybe there was something that was there that they always were aware of, but they never had to say it. I mean, one, MLS doesn't have to say anything. <laughs> so, I, got, I mean, that's a very different situation than, say, the NFL where they tell us everything. And I feel so I, – I kind of feel bad now because I looked at when I was, you know, for the last how many years, I've looked at all these sports guys speculating on people's stuff, and I'm like, how can you speculate? You don't know what his life is. And here we are speculating on freaking right, Michael yeah. Parra. But that's the way it is if you're not going to tell us what's going on. Well, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah, maybe it might be something personal you don't want to talk about, but it leaves it open to speculation in, in – let me read read the tea leaves. What's happening here? I mean, come on. So, Debassi will be with us, uh, pending all of his uh, visas and things of that nature. Will be with us to start the season when it starts on August twenty second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we'll see. I guess then where he slots in, if they slot him in at all in the beginning, or if they let him kind of work his way in or what they're going to do, but it's a big signing. Right. Is there a reason that we, we didn't sign him as a DP either? Cause we signed him as a TAM signing and I know we had two DP slots open. So I, well, I think they want to leave. This? I think they want to leave one slot open just in case. And you know, that's a good point, Connor. Um, I mean, if, I mean, I think, you know, you, you use your TAM, Especially, you know, it expires. You, you know, That's unless true. they're changing the. That's uh, true. The CB, unless yeah. they change the CB up CBA significantly, you know, you have mm-hmm. certain allocated money that's per year, and you can trade that. And they have done that. The other thing that I want to bring up is the fact that when they signed um, Dubasi, I was like, okay, uh, how many international spots does that leave us at? I think we're at seven right now, and at least most years, eight is the number that you're allowed on the roster. So, yeah. yeah. So they have a DP spot and they have an international spot open. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, so and it's already um, taken. Yeah, it, it pretty much. Yeah, yeah. We uh, hope. We hope. Well, I hope so. Yeah. We won't get into all that yeah, stuff. I, I think. Um, you know, it, it's a good signing. Yeah, a very good signing. Um, yeah. especially with how well Aha's been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I think he's been an eye opener. Quite honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so the fact that we have a a pretty solid depth piece in Aha, we presumably know what what Kalman is going to provide. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think Kalman and Aha are pretty pretty much on level footing at this point. So you have two solid depth pieces. You have Michael Boxel, who has stepped up like you would not believe in this tournament. Which he had uh, to. Yeah, we talked about this. He had to do it. Yeah, and so I, I just think uh, you couldn't have asked for a better signing, quite honestly. I think even considering potential other signings, honestly, I think that they, they on paper, hit the ball out of the ballpark. With mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and, and we've, yeah. we've talked about this. Like the, the de- depth in this tournament was going to be a, a big factor. Um, it's why Minnesota was one of the favorites to go this far you know, as per MLS, you know, dot com or MLS soccer.com. And uh, it's, and it's going to be the case after the restart. I mean, it's a condensed season, but you, they're, they're going to try and play a, what was it? 12, eight, 18 games maybe, or is it 12, 18 in two months. 
18. So, yeah, yeah, in a condensed format and, you know, who knows how everything's going to shake out. We've already seen, you know, what could happen in other, the other you know, American professional sports that have had the restart as well. So, yep. yeah, the depth is massive. What, and I'm not saying DeBus is a depth piece, but uh, it, it adds to your depth when you're talking about players of high right. caliber. Well, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, he may not be a depth piece specifically, but he creates depth. So it's a signing that is a depth piece. Really. As long as he's not Demidov, we're good. Uh, before we go, guys, uh, I just want to just a quick hitter here, David. Let's because we're talking about transfers. Let's talk about what is going on with Atlanta right now. Let's just do a quick round right. the horn here. What we think is going to happen, just quickly, guys. So, David, let us know what's happened with Atlanta and one of their DPs are trying to bring in. So, Atlanta uh, signed Eric Lopez, and I can't remember. Uh, which team he's from now. Um, he uh, was not going to be a DP. I don't think he was supposed to be a DP, um, but he was marquee signing for sure. He's a forward, you know, uh, I think he's like 27, 28, something like that. Um, and obviously they need that because Martinez is not available. Um, and we know what they've looked like without him. Uh, so, they bring him in, and they don't have they don't have room for him. They don't have an international spot for him, so they signed him to Atlanta United two. Yep, he's a he's a Paraguayan, by the way. Paraguayan. He's oh, from right. Olympia. Yeah. Um, and they signed him to Atlanta United two, and they're going to loan him back to Atlanta, and hope that the league waives the international requirement well it, so it sounds like play. it sounds like that's the case because he's saying eric lopez is saying he'll play yes. for atlanta united immediately yeah so let's go around the horn guys quickly here dave do you think the league accepts this or not uh yes i do okay i, I don't i don't think he would sign if he wasn't going to play for the the first team immediately okay. i agree okay. with him yeah. uh connor what do you think i agree i think that he signs i don't think uh, with without selling another international player, I don't think it that should be the case, but I think it will be. Um, it's because uh, I mean it's like we were talking about earlier that Atlanta is one of the giant markets of this uh, of yep. the MLS, and yep. so they want to keep they want to keep all that viewership and all the fandom down there going on. Let me say this, and let me back it up a little bit. I'm not changing my opinion, but I. I I was researching like the number of international spots, you know, that Minnesota United had, you know, what, as they acquired Debasi. Um, those, remember, those international spots can be traded for, if you remember. They can. Because if, yeah, if right. you go down the roster of the league MLS, I mean, there's, I mean, it's so crazy how you can see the number of international spots available can range from like four mm-hmm. to 12. I mean, because I mean, teams can trade for these spots. So I wouldn't put it past, I'm not, I don't think Atlanta necessarily has to bend the rules but they may have to make a trade, another trade to accommodate this move. That's my theory. Okay. My theory is it's going to happen because they'll get an international spot from someone, but the price of an international spot is going to go through the roof because everyone understands the need. However, the league's going to step in and somehow undercut that. And they're going to, they're going to say, 
you can't you can't charge an astronomical fee because you I, know they need it. I think it's going to happen, but you're right. Oh, I'm just thinking Tony, about that. Tony, let me tee you up here cuz cuz just going on his theory is maybe and we talk about bend the rules. Okay, if you only have certain let's say eight international spots, Atlanta's you I, I'm not saying they have eight, but if they've used all eight or whatever number they have, one rule and maybe you brought this up is can they get around this by, say, doing a loan from Atlanta United 2 to Atlanta? Now, that would, to me, I would say that's bending the rules. And loan well, players count against international. And they do. Yeah. yeah, they do. But what David just brought David just brought up is interesting because I can see them, the MLS, saying you have to get an international spot in order to get them. And then teams finding that out and then putting the price way up. And MLS going, well, but – we we're capping it this this amount. We're capping it here, just to make it work out. Or That's my other plausible. thought was, which I which I took guys earlier is, uh, loss of draft picks, uh, loss of TAM money, something of that nature. Where it looks like they're being punished. They're really not being punished, but it looks like it right. to all the teams. Um, because if they just let them get away with it, uh, we run into an issue where okay, well then any team can do that that has a, a minor league team. You can do whatever you want to. Not saying it will happen a lot, but teams in L.A., other places will be like, oh, shit, we can do the same thing Atlanta did. You well, know? you know, and that it opens up a really interesting discussion about L.A. Galaxy because L.A. Galaxy has gotten a lot of favoritism from the league. I mean, mm -hmm. literally DPs exist because of L.A. Galaxy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can, go, you can go down the line. I believe international spots potentially exist because of L.A. Galaxy. Um, I mean, there are several things – that have happened in roster rules that exist because the league decided to favor a specific team and all of a sudden the league's like, well, now we got to change the rule. And so they changed the rule. Yeah. And so there could be a chance here where something happens and the league ends up changing rules. Um, yeah. And it, it's unfortunate, but I get, I get it. I mean, Atlanta is really is in terms of TV ratings is the, I think the second or second. Yeah. Well, that's it's not surprising. It's not surprising. so, you know, the, and that's all that matters this year, right? All that matters yep. this year is TV ratings. So yep. you yep. don't want to piss off the Atlanta fans because that's your big market. Well, and no, no, you don't. And I, I, I think you can look at this two ways. I mean, like number one is M the growth of MLS, which has been exponential in the few years since Minnesota United has been part of the league, it's going up and up and up. Yeah. And you want big names like this. You want international players coming in. And, you know, the, the flip side is, well, then you have, if you get, you know, early on in MLS and even just a five, ten years ago, you when you have these salary caps and a limited number of DPs and international spots, you can, can you keep the competitive balance. And that's why MLS is a great league because, you know, from the bottom to the top of the table, you've got team – it's a very – good league it's you know there's there's parity like a lot of american sports there's parity and now do you run the risk though if as you bend these rules of being top heavy like say right. you know the spanish league or the italian league so um so again we'll see what happens with atlanta i just wanted to mention before we get out of here guys that uh, fuck atlanta because we all hate them um their fans are quite pleasant, as we said. Their fans are okay. Um, before we go, guys, I want to mention, uh, if you guys haven't read it, if our listeners want to read it, 
MLSsoccer.com uh, has a great article by, I think it's Boehm, Why Loon's Model Can Inspire Future Expansion Teams. I think we've talked about this on this podcast numerous times about how the Loon's did it differently than Atlanta did. This guy kind of goes in depth about how the Loon's kind of built their team up to where they're at right now and the things they did and didn't do. Uh, it's an interesting read uh, through the history of the Loon's. It's, it it pretty much proves the point of you can build an expansion team without right. One, one other thing, um, news did drop earlier today about academy stuff. I yeah. think we not discuss it because we don't know no. exactly what is happening. Right. Exactly. It sounds yeah. like sources inside gave e Lunum some info. Now that, <laughs> that article has been published and now Manny Lagos has a uh, conference call with yes. academy families. Uh, so I think we just leave it alone. There's some weird stuff yeah. going on. But so we'll yeah. talk about next episode. And Con- Connor's dog's pissed off about the academy, by the way. Well, yeah, I mentioned Manny. He's been pissed off like, about that for a while. Oh, yeah, but the Manny, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, so I guess that's it, guys. We got a big game tomorrow night. Then the final game against Orlando. Um, right now, Portland is still winning this game in the 60th minute versus Philadelphia, one nil. Um, so we will uh, talk to you guys. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I just want to, or not a couple of weeks, probably next week if they win. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I want to yeah. say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. From myself, Tony, for Dave, David, and Connor, we'll talk to you guys in maybe a week. All right. All right. Go, Lance.